Thomas Rich. Right here with me is my beautiful wife, co-pastor Joanne Rich, sitting out there all around the uh, D.C. metropolitan area and even around the U.S. of A. Uh, all the members of the River of Life Christian Center, on behalf of each one, we greet you this morning in the name and the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, family, um, it is such a privilege every time we get to share the Word of God. But one of the things that we started on last week is looking at what God wants us to look like, live like, who He wants us to be. Uh, we, we talked last week from the idea of the boomerang effect. And that boomerang effect is called for you and me to remember who we are, whose we are, and why we are. In other words, everything we do has an impact on our testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he wants is, he wants his love, his blessing, and his favor to rebound to us. But if we're not careful, we can get a rebound effect called the boomerang effect that is not going to bless our lives. And so today we're going to continue from the thought, the boomerang effect. We want you to have the benefit of everything that God has ever planned for your life. And I believe as we read through Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32, I believe we're going to see how we can be certain that what boomerangs to us is good and not bad. Well, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Let me also mention to you that <clears throat> on every first Sunday of the month, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. I just want to remind you on every first Sunday, be sure to have your elements for Holy Communion together so that at the end of the service, after the benediction, you can call us in on the number that you'll see on the screen later. And we will share that Holy Communion experience together. So again, every first Sunday, have your bread and your grape juice, your, your cracker, uh, whatever element you have. And we've provided them to many of you. But if you don't have it, make sure that you have gathered it for your first Sunday Communion experience. Well, <clears throat> let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Then we're going to get right into the teaching of the Word of God. Dear God, we bless you, honor you, and thank you, God, for another Sunday morning. God, we thank you because you loved us so much that not only did you give your Son, but your Son is known as the Word. And God, we're going to your Word today that it might give us direction, encouragement, strength, hope, and that it might build us so that our lives might be lives of victory. So God, we thank you as we look unto you. I ask you to take charge over every word of my mouth, meditation of my heart, that everything we share today will build up your kingdom and be entirely acceptable and delightful unto you. God, we ask this. In Jesus' name, 
Amen, amen, and amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen, amen. He's worthy of our praise. Well, I told you we're sharing from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. Last week, we read them to you from the Amplified. Today, I'm going to read them to you from the King James. Beginning at verse 29, it reads, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. We devoted last Sunday to those two verses. So today, verses 31, and hopefully we'll get to verse 32, and that will be our focus as we uh, continue on the boomerang effect. Verse 31, <clears throat> listen carefully. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And I believe I shared with you last week, <clears throat> That 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 tells us that you will reap what you sow. In other words, what that really means is whatever you give out, you can anticipate and, and expect that it will come back to you. So, <clears throat> again, we, we're, we're talking about Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. I'm going to start today by focusing upon verse 31. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.31 begins this way. And, and I believe this is really, really valuable for every born-again believer. It starts out by saying, let all bitterness. I, I don't know if you're hearing me, but if there is one thing that does tremendous harm to the body of Christ, is when there is a brother or sister in the body who is so filled with bitterness that it spills out from them and it, it runs all over anybody that comes around them. They, they know that if there is nothing else, that there is a spirit and attitude of bitterness. And, and so this verse begins with, let all bitterness, and let me just say this, all of us, have had our minds blown by someone, something, or some event. But let me tell you what blows my mind. My mind is blown whenever I consider the devastating impact of a tornado. My mind is blown every time I consider someone who has managed to master organic chemistry. I'm telling you, that blows my mind because when I think about organic chem, that I, I just can't even get there. 
So if you're one of those persons, I'm telling you, you blow my mind every time I consider that you can handle organic chemistry. My wife blows my mind. My children and grandchildren blow my mind. The loving people of River of Life blow my mind. But I want you to know there is uh, at least a couple of other things that blow my mind. There are many, but I've named a few. But there's a couple more that I want to mention this morning because when we talk about letting all bitterness, I want you to hear this. My mind is blown every time I consider that the Lord Jesus Christ both endured and died on Calvary's cross for a dirty, vile sinner like me. No, 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 not like me. Me, a dirty, vile sinner. And yet he loved me enough that he took on and endured everything that they brought upon him upon that cross for you and for me. That, that blows my mind. But let me tell you what else blows my mind. And, and this is where we're going to focus our attention in verse 31. Whenever I encounter a professing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to them. Tell me that they love the Lord. Their name is on the church roll. They are and, and, and believe that they are believers. I, I, my mind is blown when I encounter those persons while they're saying they love the Lord, but they're living with a spirit and an attitude of bitterness and unforgiveness. Let me, let me tell you why. Because if anybody would have a right to be better, if anybody would have a right to be unforgiving, it was Jesus after they had lashed him all night long. It was Jesus after they put the spikes in him. It was Jesus after they slammed that cross down in the ground and caused all of that pain in his body. Put that crown of thorns upon his head. And if anybody could have been bitter, angry, and unforgiving, it would have been Jesus. But when I meet another believer, who is bitter, angry, unforgiving, and I consider or compare them against what Jesus endured. And then I remember that Jesus said upon that cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Listen, that's a heck of a contrast, family. And I want today to speak directly to every one of us who considers ourselves born-again believers. The, the verse in 31 starts out by saying, let all bitterness. Let me tell you something. Those folk who have not captured the spirit and attitude of Ephesians 4.31 are the ones who are hypercritical and condemnatory of pretty much everybody else in their world. Uh, <clears throat> they're the ones that you and I might call super religious folk. They're right about everything and you're wrong about everything. They want to believe that uh, they walk on water, but your smallest error or smallest fault, they want to amplify it and make it big 
And Jesus, according to Brother Paul in Ephesians 4 and 31, was talking to us about our attitude, our heart, and the manner in which we respond and treat other folk. And he started out by saying, let all bitterness. Let me tell you something. Jesus had a word for those folk who walk around thinking that they are the cat's meow. What was that word? Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. And I'm telling you this because we're talking about the boomerang effect. Last week, I told you how I started out as a child uh, playing with boomerangs and how if you didn't throw that boomerang uh, correctly, that boomerang would not come back to you. But if you threw it correctly and were not prepared, that boomerang could come back and could great, do great harm and damage to you. I told you that last week that the boomerang was often used in warfare, used for hunting, and used for sport. And the ones that returned was especially skilled and talented. And, and as we're talking about Ephesians 4, what we're simply saying is everything that you give out, if you're not careful, it will return. So I hope what you're giving out is something that you can be excited about when it returns to you. What did Jesus have to say about it in, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2? I'm reading these verses from the Amplified. Listen to this. Jesus said, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. Verse 2, he said, For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure you use to deal out to others, it will be dealt out again to you. I don't know if you're catching this, but Jesus right there in verses 1 and 2 of Matthew 7 is talking about the boomerang effect. He's saying what you give out, you can expect will return back to you. I want you to hear this again in the Message Bible. And in verse 2, you'll understand why I'm reading it from the Message Bible. In verse 1 of uh, Matthew 7, Message Bible. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That's boomerang, y'all. But listen to verse 2. This is directly from the Message Bible. I didn't add anything to it. This is verse 2, Matthew 7, from the Message Bible. It says... That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. I didn't put that word there. That's the message Bible. Your critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. So, Matthew 7, 1 and 2, I want to be clear. They are often misunderstood. So, I want to, to break that down for you. To judge means to decide, to distinguish to condemn, to avenge, and it also could actually mean to damn. I hope you're catching that. 
And these verses do not mean that a child of God are forbidden from judging, but it does mean that we are not to judge the inward motives of other people in the sense that we are condemning them. God doesn't forbid you and me from judging wrong or evil actions, but he is really saying to us that we need to be careful about our attitude and how we judge other people. You don't know what's in their heart. You can try to guess. You can suggest what you think it is. But God's saying be careful about that kind of judgment. Yes, judge wrong. Yes, judge evil. But be careful about judging people's heart and attitude. You really don't know. I could call what you have done evil, but I don't know the rest of your story. What we do know, and, and, and we need to understand that Every brother or sister in Christ does what they do based upon their life experience and their perspective. Too often, without regard of the mind, heart, and spirit of God's desire for our life. So let me just say this to you. The point is this. If you are harsh in your judgment of others, it most often will boomerang back upon you. And listen, you will be known as the type of person who is severe in your consideration of others. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but I know far too many folk who fit this description. Have you ever heard someone say, uh, don't pay any attention to what he says? because he never has a good word to say? Or examine your own self. Have you ever said that about someone else? Don't, don't, don't pay any attention to them. They never have anything good to say. Examine yourself again. Could that be honestly said about you? In other words, that person who never has a good thing to say is being judged by the same way that he judges someone else. And I call that the boomerang effect because this same harsh treatment or judgment that is used against someone else, you can be certain that it's going to boomerang. Jesus said it in Matthew 7, 1 and 2. It will boomerang back to you. So that's exactly what he meant in Matthew 7, 1 and 2. It's not uncommon that hypercritical, condemnatory folk are typically the super religious folk who virtually are running everybody away from the faith instead of giving folk a, a reason to desire to be connected to the faith. Their unmerciful judgment of everybody else causes people to have no desire to be connected to the faith related to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are bitter, that bitterness spills out over virtually everything you do. It, 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 it can be smelled in you. Folk, when they come around you, they can sense it, they can taste it, they experience it. And most folk who care about their own well-being, when they come around a bitter person, they're looking to do everything they can to avoid your company. And so I'm saying to you today that 
Verse 31 starts out by saying, let all bitterness. Then in verse 32, there's another word. I'm sorry, verse 31. There's another word that is used. And, and I think that word is also very important. It says, and wrath, W-R-A-T-H, and wrath. Wrath is known as a strong, vengeful anger or indignation. And it typically, uh, it, it, it manifests itself with uncontrollable emotion. Wrath, you, you get angry, you wanna take it out on somebody, you want them to suffer. You want them to feel that, that pain that you feel. And what he is saying is, let all bitterness and wrath. And then it goes on and says, and anger. And, and let's talk about anger for just a few moments. I, I, I'm gonna slow down and direct your attention to Proverbs chapter 26, verses uh, 26 and 27, because Proverbs gives us a beautiful picture of the boomerang effect related to anger. In Proverbs 26 and 27, I'm reading this from the Message Bible. It says, no matter how cunningly he conceals his malice, and y'all understand what malice is. Malice is a vicious intent or desire to hurt someone. It's characteristic of our life before Jesus Christ. But the once we're in Christ, malice, bitterness, and wrath ought not any longer find its way into our heart. And Proverbs 26 says, no matter how cunningly he conceals his malice, eventually his evil will be exposed in public. You can't hide walking around with an unforgiving spirit, a hostile spirit, an angry spirit, a spirit that is filled with malice. In fact, verse 27 in the, in the Message Bible, listen again. It says, malice backfires, spite boomerangs. Did y'all catch that? It comes back to you. If you really want to have joy, if you want to know the peace of God that passes all understanding, we've got to get rid of bitterness, wrath, malice, all of that stuff that verse 31 is talking about. Because if we're not careful, it, it, it's a passion like anger that will, will backfire. It, it causes us to respond in such a way that we would do great damage, not only to others, but it does great damage to you and me too. You want to talk about high blood pressure. You want to talk about uh, having physical diseases take over your body. Keep walking around with the spirit of malice, uh, unforgiveness, anger, hostility, outrageous acts. Proverbs 26 and 27 is telling us that if we're not careful, all of that stuff will boomerang back to us simply because in our anger, we act out without considering the consequences. Hey, I, I, I recognize y'all might be listening to me today and thinking, I did not come to hear this message because I know this message is pointing directly at me. Well, let me tell you a secret. This message was for me too. 
Because until I allowed Christ to have my mind and my heart, I was many of the things that are illustrated in these verses. Verse 31 continues, and it says, and clamor. Now, clamor is interesting because there are many people who could be considered to be clamoring, but clamor is not just being loud and disorderly, but it is also related to the spirit that is connected to it. When we are uncontrollable, brawling, railing, boisterous, all of these often are the offspring of wrath, which leads to clamor. When you're around folk who are clamoring, they're loud, they're boisterous, they don't care about what, how they are impacting or affecting other folk. They are missing a critical element of life in Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't clamor, y'all. Jesus had a peaceful mind. Jesus had a peaceful spirit. In fact, I might even call it sedating. I don't mean sedating to the point that, that you are unable to move or do anything, but I mean that you are able to slow down and, and to take in what you're thinking and how it might impact and influence other people. Verse 31 is powerful because he's talking about bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and then there's another part to it. It says, an evil speaking. Listen, there's a word that we all know from the Bible. It's called blasphemy, which is an insult that shows contempt, disrespect, and a lack of reverence for God or anything connected to our deity. But uh, evil speaking is not just blasphemy. Evil speaking is also language or words and that are connected to an attitude that can cause injury or harm. I didn't say injury like you smack them in the face, but you can do tremendous hurt and harm to somebody with your words, your spirit, and your attitude. So when he says an evil speaking, he's talking about be careful because your, your speaking can be injurious, harmful, dangerous, hurtful to other folk, and words that tend to hurt those of whom or against whom they are spoken are evil speaking words. And I promise you that when you have are, are using evil speaking words, those words have a boomerang impact or a boomerang effect. I, I'm, I'm still in verse 31. Obviously, we're not going to get to verse 32 today, but let's wrap this up. Uh, it, it says, all of those things need to be put away. In other words, stop making excuses. Stop justifying and saying, well, if you had experienced what I experienced, you would respond like I'm responding. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know how in my own family I was fourth class and everybody else seemed to get favor. I, I have every right to be better, angry, or wrathful, to be clamoring and evil speaking. 
That's verse 31. But verse 31 closes with another word that is important to us. It says that we should put all of those things away with all malice. M-A-L-I-C-E. With all malice. Now, let's talk about malice for a moment. And then we can get ready to close. Malice is the intent to harm. It is hostility. It is bitterness. It is poison. And just as anger produces, produces wrath, and wrath produces clamor, all of them together produce malice. It, it puts in us a desire, even if we don't try to cause someone to be hurt, we could, would rather not keep them from harm or out of harm's way. That's malice also. That is a, an attitude of maliciousness, which is malice is always looking for opportunities to get revenge. Uh, it, it has an ultimate motive, which leads to the destruction of whoever is the object of your indignation. Listen, there is no society or social group where this type of behavior is profitable or should even ever be tolerated. There's no civility to it. There's no order to it. It is connected to hostility, bitterness, poison, anger, and wrath. And all of those things, as I said previously, produce clamor and malice. Listen, you can rest assured that if you, you're living without considering the impact of your attitude, your words, the, the, the manner in which you connect or fail to connect with other people, you can expect that it will boomerang back to you. Uh, again, I remind you what Jesus said in Matthew 7. And, and verse 2 said, listen, if you don't watch the way that you carry yourself, if you don't watch the way that you speak, if you don't recognize that everything you do ought to build up your brother and your sister in the love, the mind, the heart, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, what you do give off will boomerang back to you. Listen, we're living in a society right now where people are killing folk, gunning down folk, knifing folk up, slicing folk up with words, spirit, and attitude, all because they are missing the love of Jesus Christ. I'm suggesting to you right now that when they had stretched him wide and hung him high, there were, there, his body had already been ripped apart. They had lashed him and, and different parts and pieces of his flesh had gone everywhere. He was battered, bruised, beaten, bleeding, in excruciating physical pain. But it was also emotional because Jesus had done no harm to anybody. He had healed the sick, opened eyes of the blind, opened the tongue of the dumb, had, had brought victory where people had certain defeat. And yet they murdered him on Calvary's cross 
And yet he still said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Brothers and sisters, men and women of God, let me close out by simply saying to you today that you can avoid that potentially dangerous boomerang by allowing the mind, heart, and spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ to replace, to flush out all of those things that we read to you from Ephesians 4 and 31. You want to get flush out malice. You want to flush out bitterness. You want to flush out anger. You want to flush out wrath. You want all of that maliciousness to be flushed out so that rather than having to walk around wondering who might be trying to get you for what you have done or said, you can walk around having the joy, the peace, and the, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're not willing to allow uh, what has been taught in Ephesians 4.31, if you want to keep making excuses and justifying it, then you almost need to hang up your faith and your willingness to call yourself a Christian because those are essential ingredients to the life of a believer. So as I close today, I simply want to say to you, and we didn't touch verse 32, we'll do that next week and we'll close out the boomerang effect. But I simply want to say to you, God wants you to have a life of joy, peace, health, and prosperity. Walking with all of that stuff will destroy your health, your mind, and your spirit. You, you cannot have peace of mind when your mind is filled with those words that we read from Ephesians 4.31. You cannot have good health when your heart and your spirit, man, is overtaken by those words that we read to you from Ephesians 4.31. So if you want to have health, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, physically, and spiritually, I want to recommend that you spend this next week reading through Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, but especially focus on verse 31. Because if you allow the Spirit of God to wash away those things that have gotten in you, be honest, because excuses will cause you harm. They will boomerang back to you. But if you are honest, the only boomerang you will get is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we preach and teach, because we want you to have the joy of the Lord that passes all understanding. Listen, I bless God for each and every one of you today. I pray that you have taken uh, Ephesians 4.31 with the intent that God had in mind when he gave it to Paul to write that verse. And if you take it seriously, it will bless your life. You only will get the boomerang of God's love instead of the fear that you might be wounded or hurt because you failed to live with the love of God. May God bless you. Heaven smile on each of you and give you peace. Listen, one thing that I want you to know is that 
in order to, for that to become a part of your life, you need Jesus to be a part of your life. And so we want to take a moment right now and give you an opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. If you're, if you're with us today, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. You might be listening to this next year. I don't know, because it will always be on our Facebook page on under uh, our videos for sermons. You can pick it up also and under our Bible study teachings. It's always there. So whenever you watch or listen and you recognize that you have a need for the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to pray with me at that moment. We're going to pray right now that you might receive the Lord Jesus Christ. This prayer also is intended for any person who has received Christ, but you are in a backslidden condition. And, and, and I want you to be aware that you can recommit your life to Christ right now. So if you would, close your eyes, bow your head, and simply repeat after me. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I thank you for your word today in Ephesians 4, 31. God, I realized that my mind, my heart, my spirit, my whole life includes many of those things that were articulated. And I need to be washed today. I want my mind washed. I want my spirit washed. I want a new heart. I want a new life. I, I want to be able to have health, God, spiritual health mental health, emotional health, psychological health, as well as physical health. And I learned in the teaching today that those things come through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today I want Jesus, Jesus, I want you to come into my life, take control that I might be made brand new. The, the Bible teaches that if I confess with my mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that God has raised him from the dead, that I shall be saved. So I'm confessing right now, Lord Jesus, I'll, I'll receive you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe it, I accept it, and I confess it right now with my mouth in Jesus' name. And the Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank you right now for my salvation. And God, I, I, I simply ask you now to teach me what my next step should be so that I might have the joy, success of living my life that you get the glory and the honor. Thank you for the teaching in Ephesians 4.31 today. I needed that, and I want you to have my life. I bless you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.